Welcome to the podcast of the Unitarian Universalist Area Church at First Parish in Sherborne. No matter who you are, who you love, we welcome you into our community of religious seekers. Please join us for our Sunday worship services each week at 10.30 a.m. More information can be found on our website at uuac.org or visit our Facebook page at Sherborne Unitarian Universalist. Enjoy the sermon. In just a moment now, um, John Ryan Brown is going to share our reading today. It is uh, called Pandemic, written by Lynn Unger. And this is the one that we shared the first Sunday that we went online, which was March 15th, 2020. And as Jen prepares to read, I also want to thank all of the worship associates this last year who have offered welcomes and shared readings and just been alongside all the leaders of worship uh, to help us do this this year. So, Jen. What have you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life, center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny that right now. Know that our lives are in others' hands. Surely that has become clear. Do not reach out your hands, reach out your heart, reach out your words, reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. Here is the world, or in this case, here is the bedroom. Beautiful and hard things happen. Let us keep our hearts tender and our eyes soft and our words true. This is what you and I are about as I look out at you over this year and page through, I think it's five screens on my laptop. We know there's no way to to do anything but to try to love each other. We bear witness against unnecessary destruction and we also bear witness against loneliness And we gather in community this last year in this virtual way to continue to try to to be a better person, to be better people. Oh my gosh, we have learned this year that we cannot do everything and sometimes we can barely even do much of anything at all. And that is just fine. Because each of you are alive and here and you are a gift to the rest of us. And that's something, and each of you are so very much. Each of you are never nothing. So friends, I want you to ring the bell in you that can still ring, no matter how soft or faint or maybe broken it might feel. And I want you to forget the crack and the cracks in your offering. And remember there is a crack in you, but that is how the light gets out so that I can see and we can see the light that is you.
and that you are held and that you shine. About uh, 40 minutes ago, I was at Karen, my wife Karen's office, just over the, the street. And of course, um, there was a truck working on the internet. So I kept getting booted off and I had to pack all my stuff and run back over to my bedroom, um, our bedroom, kick uh, my wife out. Because that's how this last year has been, right? You just have to adapt and you have to go with the flow, even if you don't want to. I found a calculator yesterday that tells me how many Sundays there have been between last year, March 15th, 2020, and today. Today marks our 54th online worship, our 54th plus a couple extra for, we did something for Easter last year, Emily Bruce did, and we of course did Christmas Eve. So that's like what, like 56, 57? It's unbelievable. It feels like more, <laughs> it feels like more. I want us all to just kind of let that sink in and I want, um, as we need to mark the time today. And I say that even though we are all, I am, I'm tired of thinking about the pandemic. I'm exhausted, we're all exhausted of thinking about it and talking about it and reacting to it and living with it. But as um, the president reminded us several weeks ago, and I think one of the most important things he said actually so far is it hurts to remember, but we have to remember so that we can heal. We can't avoid because avoiding prevents healing. So we mark the time today you and I do, all of us do. Because we all, I think, are on this journey, this continuum of something like healing at some point. We're in different spots, of course, and we go back and forth because we're also still hurting. We're hurt and we're healed at the same time, I think, now. Um, in just a moment, we're going to hear from a bunch of you who have answered the question that uh, we asked earlier, uh, what have I learned over this last year? And Emily's going to share too. But I wanted to share with you why I asked this question, what have I learned? And the reason that I asked it is that um, learning is how human beings who have souls and spirits and hearts. Learning is how we respond to what happens to us. Learning, learning means that you don't just sit back and let bad things happen to you. It means actually that you can respond and you can try to grow in response to hard things and also good things. Learning, and then, in that sense, is an expression of being alive. It's an expression of shaping your world. It's an expression of how you strive and how we strive to make meaning of all the things that are around us. It does not mean things happen for a reason, but it does mean that the hard things that happen to us 
don't just happen to us. It means that we can respond. In a sense, the question of learning is, how do I want to grow? How do I want to grow? And so I just thought of some questions this year. Have you grown in your capacity to be a resilient person? How have you grown in your grace towards yourself and towards other people? How have you grown in your reckoning with the inequality that maybe you never saw before until this year? And that's some far place, like some far, far, far away place, but like just in your own neighborhood. How have you grown in your discovery of how much you need other people? And not just like need them in an abstract way, but like need hugs and touch and proximity and faces and live voices. How much we have all grown, I think, in feeling that. How have you grown in your questions of how you want to live differently whenever this acute phase of this pandemic is over? In other words, have you grown in your sense of what you want to be different now so that you don't just go back to a new normal, but instead go towards a new beginning? How have you grown? Really what I'm asking you, everybody, is how have you grown your soul? I have grown um, so much this year. Um, I think I'm tired of growing. <laughs> I've grown too much. I don't, and it hasn't all been good. But I just wanted to share with you some things that I have learned and how I have grown. I have learned that I am small, how small I am. And that I am only just one person, but because I am only one person, as one of my colleagues back in the 19th century said, because I'm only one person, I will not refuse to do the one thing that I can do. And what that means is that I have learned that I am empowered as one person to help change things. I have learned how much all of you at UAC, I mean, this community in one shape or form has been in existence since 1685. I just want you to imagine that for a moment. How you have, despite the physical and social distance, how you have continued, this is what I've learned, how you continued to show up and have shown up and do show up for one another. And you've brought each other closer together. You've brought me closer to you and you've shown up for our values as religious people. It's kind of amazing. I've learned that uh, black lounge pants can be worn too much. Yeah, uh, Sarah just shook her head, no, I can wear those all the time, she said. Remember, I can look, I can look at your screen and I can see your reactions. I've learned that the ability to wear lounge pants at work is actually a funny but 
profound and maybe even upsetting expression of just how privileged I am that I get to, to work from home like this. Especially when so many don't. I have relearned that I not only still, how much I love my family, but that I still like them, which is an important difference. But I think we've all learned, my family and I, and maybe your family, for those of you who have loved ones that you're living with, that uh, we're looking to all discover some of that physical distance that we've all heard about. Because we, we want to miss each other again, but <laughs> we don't want to miss each other again. I've learned how much we need our political leaders to tell us the truth. I've learned what happens when basic health protocols are politicized. Here's what I've learned. I never expected this. I've learned that I am not as proud to be an American citizen as I thought I was. And I've learned that my disappointment about that fact actually activates me to be a better citizen. I've learned to get in touch with my disappointment, to get in touch with my anger, and to not be complacent. And last but not least, um, we've all learned, you and I, just how in interdependent we are, how pandemic anywhere is pandemic everywhere. How injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. How we are caught, as MLK said, and these no longer are just words, how we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality. Oh my gosh, how have we learned that this is not just a quote we see on a plaque somewhere, but in fact is threaded through our very lives. Let's hear what you have learned. India, why don't you show us our video? Um, I think that all of us on the team have found that one of the silver linings to this pandemic, if there is one, is that um, it's magnified all of the inequities that have existed and continue to exist in our country and throughout the world and has really spurred more individuals to become more aware, to educate themselves, to talk about this and to most importantly act to make a better change. Over this last year, one thing I have learned, affirmed, is that a commitment to equity and anti-racism must be intentional and active, built upon a foundation of willful hope, grace, flexibility, curiosity, and love. One thing I've learned over this last year, being at home, is that I get to spend time with people that I normally don't get to spend time with. Here's one of them. This is Glinda, who is usually the office manager and works with Marty Nickerson when Marty gets to work here. But for the last year, she's had to be my office manager. Would you say hello, Linda? Just say something in office. 
I guess not. What I've learned in this year of COVID is deeper gratitude and deeper appreciation for community, caring, and church. This year, it only affirmed and I learned more to still make the most of every single day and to act out of respect for others. In the past year, I've learned to appreciate more fully the fragility and beauty of life and also how great it is to be able to have weekday lunches with my husband. One thing I've learned in the last year is that meditating daily really helps me to keep the rest of my life in perspective. And it also has the added benefit of making me more bearable to be around for the people I live with. Over this last year, one thing I've learned is I love having a dog. This past year, I have learned to knit. And I have also learned that I'm more of an introvert than I thought because I have very much enjoyed spending time with my family indoors on the weekends. And I have learned that spending time or too much time with your family indoors on the weekends <laughs> can have its share of problems. <laughs> COVID has helped me to develop a better gratitude practice where I think purposefully every day about how lucky I am to have what I have and to be surrounded by family and friends and supported by church and so many good things. And I'm grateful to be in Florida where I can be outside and look forward to seeing everyone when I return. The pandemic, I learned that there are plenty of places to drive within half an hour of where we are that are great to walk in. This year, I learned what an essential worker really does. Try not to be jealous, but this year I have learned how to craft the ultimate latte at home. This year during the pandemic, I learned how to create virtual music collaborations. Over this past year, one thing I have learned is that until this past year, my white privilege has shielded me from living with constant anxiety and anger. One thing that I learned that this year is that sometimes your mental health takes priority over your work. Even if you have a lot of work to do and you have deadlines to meet, if you're not feeling happy and you're not feeling mentally okay, it's gonna be even harder to get those things done. So the first priority is your mental health and not your work. So, what have I learned in the past year? I'd say these are things that I've relearned or that have been really emphasized for me in the past year. I've learned the value of perseverance and looking out for each other through great adversity, difficulty, challenges. It's been a tough year on so many levels for so many people. And the other thing that's really been reinforced for me is the importance of taking care of yourself mentally, physically, doing the things that you need to do to manage the challenges. And many of these challenges will persist even after 
we have found a way to um, manage the coronavirus, uh, even though I'm, I'm not expecting it to completely go away. Thank you all so much for all of you who put your thoughts down on video for that recording. Not only it was lovely to see your faces as always, but also all of the learnings that you shared with us are so affirming. I find them so affirming for all of us because we're all kind of feeling all the feels as it were about this anniversary. I know I am. Um, but I want you to know that however many feelings you are experiencing today, because I'm sure there's plenty more than just one, uh, I hope you know that all of them are valid and all of them are true. And for myself, I'm feeling lots of feels today. Um, first of all, as so many of you said, I am grateful. I'm so grateful for the health and safety of my family and my friends and myself and all of you. Um, I'm so grateful that I was able to work from home, um, that privilege that we all have much greater reckoning about now than we did a year ago. Um, there's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to recognize about the gifts that we have and the blessings that we have in this life. I'm also, I'm really full of grief and I'm trying to wrestle, wrestle with that most of all today. Um, as Nathan said earlier, um, there's been so much loss of life over this past year. I think the latest was 532,000 people. That's more than one person for every single minute of the last year. And that's staggering to me. Um, it didn't have to be this way. And it really should not have been this way. And I'm holding on to that this morning, too. I'm also joyful. I'm joyful at hearing from all of you about all the ways we've learned to cope and come together and find our resilience and support each other and love each other in times of adversity and strife. I think this is one of, this, one of these life lessons that we learn every time something tragic happens. Um, but this past year, I think, has surpassed all definitions of tragic, certainly that I've ever had before and maybe that, that maybe you've ever known. <sighs> Um, but of all of these feels, and there's so many more that I could list, I think what I'm feeling a lot today is amazed. I'm amazed at how the pandemic has taught me and many of you how resilient we truly can be. I'm amazed at how resilient I have learned to be in this last year. And at the exact same time, while that is true, the other thing that is absolutely true for me is how much I really, really need my people to survive and thrive. Now those may feel like opposing things, but they're both true at the same time. Because as a counterpoint to Nathan's learning to love your family that you're, that you're sharing a home with, um, file this under the grass is always greener. Um, like some of you, I live alone. And I have spent this past year in a uh, apartment by myself. And it has been a very, very solitary experience. Now I've spent hours on Zoom, I've spent hours and hours on the phone, and I've had social distanced walks with friends and things like that. But by and large, my only companion has been myself. And newsflash, it has not been a picnic. <laughs> I don't think that's a, a newsflash for anybody. Because as an extrovert, 
I get a lot of energy from being around other people, uh, with friends, going to church, and even, yes, in meetings with coworkers and colleagues. Um, and I didn't have a lot of that this year, to be honest. Um, in fact, I've spent a lot of time feeling a little bit like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz, you know, like right before Dorothy and the Scarecrow and the Lion show up, just kind of standing there alone in the wilderness, frozen, and I can see the oil can, but it's just out of reach, um, begging for someone to show up and loosen my limbs and bring me back to life. That's been a, a narrative for me this past year. So while I'm at my best, when I'm surrounded by others, there's no contest about that. Um, after a few months, I realized that I could survive this temporary solitary existence. But if I was gonna do that, I needed to up my game a bit. So I learned to create routines for myself. I developed a daily spiritual practices that are much more profound than what I was doing before, um, including meditation and movement. I created other restorative routines for myself, like cooking really good food and keeping the house relatively clean. Um, and more than anything else, I continually reminded myself that this was really hard and that I could do really hard things. And along the way, I realized that I can survive a year of isolation, that my oil can is actually not out of reach, that I might, act, that I might have to get a little creative, but isn't that what resilience is? Creative problem solving? At least in part, that's what I believe resilience is. And of course, a big piece of that resilience was learning how my survival hinges on the other beloved humans in my life. Those friends that were there when I called or texted to say that I was lonely or angry or scared. The colleagues that I shared text threads with and funny memes with. Uh, those family members that I had Zoom cocktail parties with. All of those people in my life who told me over and over again by their words and their actions that we belonged to each other, that we were together in this. Each and every member of my circles of community has reminded me that this year, that I, that we can do hard things like survive a pandemic, that we have the strength in ourselves because we find strength in each other. And Lynn Unger said it brilliantly in our reading this morning, know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in each other's hands. Surely that has come clear. Friends, this past year has taught me that the uncertainty of liminal space, which we've all been living in, proves how much we need each other and how much we need ourselves to survive. How our abilities to connect, to share, to love are what will keep us going. And that no matter how bleak it may seem, that oil can is never actually out of reach. My prayer for all of us today is that we may see and know our own resilience because you would not be here right now in this Zoom if you weren't resilient. I hope you can embrace that. We can all do hard things, even the hardest thing like surviving the past year and whatever is to come because as we all know, but as it bears repeating over and over and over again, we are in this together because we belong to each other. May it be so.
Amen.